0: Hi, I'm Alison Faraday, The Thrivalist. Join me with Didi Hoffman on the Badasspreneurs uh, podcast, where I'm going to be talking about my journey as a cancer thrivalist, survivor and thrivalist, and giving you helpful hints and tips if you ever have to have a cancer journey, which I hope you don't, and also what's coming up for me with my business.
1: Welcome to the Badasspreneurs Business Group podcast. If you are a life or a health coach, a wellness practitioner or a healer, stick around because I share the inside scoop on running a thriving, soul-satisfying online coaching practice. Hi there, I'm Didi Hoffman, your host on the Badasspreneurs Business School podcast and I'm absolutely thrilled introduce you to a real badass life coach and cancer partnering expert from all the way here from cape town in sunny south africa Um, yeah we're both in south africa but we're quite far apart we being myself being in pretoria and allison all the way over there in cape town allison faraday has worked in several industries and roles such as trainer facilitator founder, project manager, citizen scientist, I love that one, citizen scientist, and motivational speaker. Her interest in wellness and wellness coaching began at a personal level when she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019. Alison has a post-grad diploma in coaching and she is a certified ICF coach. Alison, welcome to the Barras Business School.
0: Good morning, Didi. Thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Uh, It's great having you in a nutshell. You are a cancer partner in a nutshell. What is it that you do?
0: So one of the things that happens when you are diagnosed with cancer is it feels like your life, as you know, it is over, that everything that you'd hoped and planned for your life now feels impossible. And the map, the inner map that you had for that life has disappeared, you're now officially off the map. So I've been through that, I understand what that means. And, and um, I am in remission, uh, which is a great place to be also has its challenges, as you might imagine, but it's a better place to be. And I know what those first early days feel like it is it's more than terrifying it's it's I think cancer for many people is just the most frightening thing you could ever hear in your life you never never want your doctor to say I'm sorry but actually it's cancer it doesn't matter how nice the doctor is when they tell you it's not something you want to hear so so my role as a cancer partner is to help people make that transition to to Get over the idea that, that um, you know, in, in trauma, in the trauma world, they speak about it as a loss of state. You go for this, from, from feeling like I'm a well person, I'm a person who's in control of my life, I know what's going on, I'm a functioning adult, to suddenly being, you know, in the medical world, you're called a patient. And a patient is not a very empowering place to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my role is to give people the sense that they do still have agency, that they do have a lot of power and that there are a lot of decisions that they can make right now that'll make this journey um, a good one. Um, So yeah, I think cancer partnering is about holding hands just a lot of the time, but it's also about being, being an example of hope for people that they too can succeed and get over this.
1: In terms of, you know, the, the journey from being diagnosed and hearing the news to reaching out to, to you, what is the best time that you prefer people reaching out, you know, immediately or sometime in their journey or what you're feeling about mm-hmm. that?
0: Well, I th- my experience has been that generally, and it was, it was a little bit like that for me, is that when you're diagnosed for the first time, because cancer is a real boomerang thing, you know, you, once you've got cancer, the chance of you have getting it again or coming back is, becomes much higher statistically. My experience has been that the first time people are diagnosed, they tend to do what the doctor tells them to do they tend to think, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know any more about this. I'm just going to cope with what the doctor tells me. So if it's chemo or if it's radiation or if it's surgery, I'll do that. And I don't want to know anymore. And, and so the type of people that I tend to tend to find me are people who are now second or third time diagnosed. They're people who have got the place where they realize actually just doing what the doctor tells you to do is probably not enough. There's a lot more that you need to be doing regarding your wellness and your overall health uh, and that is within your control. Doctors won't tell you that um, because there's something about being a patient that disempowers people. I think the the root of the word patient comes from the Latin, which means to submit. And if you are going to be somebody who asks questions, who, who wants to know where do the cancer come from, what can I be doing about it, what else can I be doing, um, should I change my diet, should I start exercising, um, what websites should I be looking at, those kind of questions are not welcomed um, in my experience in the oncology world. Um, so, so I tend to get the people who almost like on the rebound, they have they're slightly disillusioned with the medical world and and they want to know what else they can be doing because they realize the drugs, the surgery, the radiation is is often not enough.
1: May I ask you a question about your personal journey and your journey to becoming a, a cancer partner? What was the toughest lesson you had to learn? um
0: in my own personal journey as a um a cancer survivor and i call myself a thrivalist um, because in many ways the last three years have been the best in my life um the tough thing for me to realize was that was right at the get-go and well probably like end of 2019 early 2020 I I had that stage had the wrong idea about what cancer was, I thought that you had to choose between mainstream and alternative, and only later on it became clear to me that that is narrative that has come down many, many decades actually my understanding is it came from from nixon president nixon who declared the war on cancer and in doing that he kind of banned all the alternative stuff and threw all the money at, at chemo and radiation and and so so you know in america i believe that it's very hard to even get a, um, a, a multivitamin from your oncologist they're not allowed to prescribe that kind of stuff it's seen as still alternative so i thought i had to choose between the worlds now i know that's you must do everything don't do one thing against cancer flipping there. cancer is not thinking oh well she's following the doctor's orders that's great cancer is finding a way around those drugs it's finding a way around the things that you're doing so you've got to be ahead of the game you've got to be thinking um you know in the same way we're living through a pandemic and we've seen uh, omicron coming through and we're seeing the other variants that is what cancer does too. It acts very much like a virus. And I'm not a medical person, so I don't know you know, that as much as I could know about it. But my understanding is that it is always adapting. It's always mutating. It wants to spread just, just like coronavirus does. So, so I think that's been the, the biggest lesson for me is yeah, just doing what the doctor tells you is not necessarily enough.
1: I love that message. For the simple reason, that is what my tribe and our listeners are health coaches and wellness professionals. And I think one of the things in the lessons that we all need to learn at one stage or another is that it's not either or exactly what you've said. It is literally taking the person, the circumstances and the disease and looking at how you can have that whole holistic approach to it. On a more positive note, what are the most exciting parts of your job as a cancer partner?
0: Well, I think for me, what I love is, full disclosure, is it keeps me on the right path. Because I can't be the person who's saying, hey, you really should be doing this when I'm not doing it. So. Um, It it really does help me to keep myself um, honest, as it were. Um, But I think it's all about healing. And when when I speak about healing, I'm not saying I have magic hands. I'm not saying um, that every cancer patient will emerge cured. There's a difference between healing and curing. So you can heal your soul. You can heal your emotions. You can heal um you know i i advise my clients to play the cancer card you know play the cancer card if you've got cancer what are you waiting for play that cancer card if you need support get the support you need if you need to take you know a trip i don't know wherever you need to go that's pretty hard to travel especially from south africa at the moment but wherever you need to go if you need to swim at dawn in the ocean go swimming at dawn if you need Mm. to do an epic Um, marathon run do it because what are you waiting for and I think that is the most exciting thing for me as a thrivalist but also as a person who advises people who in a similar position to me is don't wait don't wait now Mm. now is the time seize today I mean that was something that hit me at, at some point I'd kind of been living appointment to appointment and thinking what else could I be doing and and I do a lot else than what the doctor tells me to do. Um and then it occurred to me because I was working with somebody who was like really sick and I thought you know if they think back to the last two or three years of their life, this that was probably the best time of their lives, the best time that they had left. Mm -hmm. So no, no more waiting, no more thinking, I'll get to the doctor and then I'll hear what they say. And then if everything's going well, then I'll do no, no, now, today, do it. Don't wait, because, you you know, none of us really know what's coming. But I think when you have uh, cancer and when you have stage four cancer, which is what I have, you you realize life is finite. And that is the most terrifying thing and also the most wonderful thing. About having having cancer. You wake
1: up. I love that. I really love that. Let us take a quick gift break. Paris Puneus, would you like to get the best business building checklists for launching your online coaching practice so that you can start generating cash flow and clients, build momentum and freedom, and lay a solid foundation for a thriving coaching practice that us work that matters? If that's the case, go to BadassPreneurs.com and sign up for the free Badass Business Building Checklist Collection for online coaches. The collection is packed with business building checklists you won't find anywhere else. Like the Will It Fly Checklist, there's the Does Your Business Logic at Up Checklist, and there are many more. Visit BadassPreneurs.com, get the checklists, and let's start badassing your online coaching practice. Can you give me a a sort of a a roadmap if somebody starts working with you? You know, is there is there sort of a a roadmap that you're following? You know, just give us an idea of what the process is that you that you're using.
0: Yes, um, we are going to be. I'm working with a local psychologist, um, and we're going to be putting together, or we have put together a program which we're launching next year um, towards the end of January. And it's a 10 week program mm-hmm. and it's called Circles of Healing. And we work through a process where um, people can, in a group, because I think that there's so much value in group support. There's so much value in, in having people who know what you're going through. Because I know for myself that I have, you know, a lovely circle of friends and they'll say to me, how are you? And then they'll be like, how are you? You know? And then I'm like, Whoa, well, what do I say? Do I say today's not a good day? Oh, and then they're terrified the cancer's come back or they you know you know what i mean just to have your tribe as as you say diddy so nicely so we wanted to be a support group that will be supportive but not in a kind of downward way of we are now all depressed together no not at all so so our our um, process that we're putting together is that um, at beginning the healing journey. So everybody needs an opportunity to to share their story because the story is very, very powerful. Um, and you need to get that out. So that'll be part of the process. Um, and then to acknowledge the fact that you've now stepped off the map, but it's not it's not the end, but it is the beginning of the, of something new. So that's important. you know to acknowledge the old, you know, the old Alison, the old that's gone. So there's a newness coming. And then I feel as well that people need to get used to the idea of it being, it's not a sprint, mostly it's a marathon. So I've had several times where I've suddenly realized, you know, after my latest visit to the doctor, oh my God, I'm going to have to keep doing this. I'm going to have to do this month after month and six months at a time, and I'm going to have to keep doing it. It's like you, you know, my mind, it's like you've run a marathon and then you get to the finish line and someone hands, hands you a bottle of water and says, well done, now can you just run another one, please? So that's what cancer is like. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Um, so, so that would be like the first part of it, just getting your head around what's changed and, and getting used to that. And I think grieving is a very big part of that. But the next part of that, it's almost like the metamorphosis is you've got to believe that healing is possible. You've got to feel that I can be cancer-free. And why not? Why shouldn't I be? Of course, some cancers are much more terrifying than others. So you need to find, I feel, you need to find stories of hope. Find stories of people who've done it and find out what they do. How did they get through this? Read books. I've got a whole arsenal of books that got me through the first year. Um, There's no such thing as false hope. You need to really believe it within yourself. Um, And I think when you do, it changes the, the chemistry of what you're setting up in your body so that your body is not in fight or flight anymore, it's now in rest and repair. And all those beautiful nutrients and supplements that you're taking can actually do their work um so part of believing that healing is possible for me is about forgiveness and gratitude yeah. it's about forgiving yourself because it's not about feeling guilty but it is about accepting responsibility that you're in this situation now um and, and then forgiving yourself and forgiving people around you, people who've wronged you um, and letting go of that and then being grateful for what you do have. Um, one of the key things that I do whenever I have to go for an MRI or a CT scan to see if the cancer is still dormant and all of that good stuff, I really am grateful for the medical help that we have. I just think to myself, you know, I am so lucky. I've got the medical aid to deal with this I've got the mental capacity to deal with this I've got support from my friends and family and I've got these fantastic nurses to help me so I'm always very grateful and I think that's important. Um, and then I think getting taking control and getting support that's very important. One of the first things that you feel when you are diagnosed is that it's out of your control. it's something has happened to you. And now you need to submit to whatever's going to happen next. Taking control is important. And that can come down to things like interviewing your practitioner. Which do you want to do mainstream? Have you checked out what the other options are? Do you want to only do mainstream? If you want to do mainstream medicine, then interview your oncologist. Get a sense from them. What are their best hopes for you? Um, have they treated people like you before? And really interview them. This is the most important job interview you're ever going to be part of, you know, and, and, and bring that attention to this, even though you're terrified. And then in terms of taking control, thinking about all the other things that you can do. Research the right diet for, for you. Think about exercise. You're, you are a holistic being. So the cancer didn't arrive, you know, in the post. It, it, it came because the conditions were right for it. So how can you make it so the conditions are hostile for it? Um, and I mean, really, if I think about all the things I do, it's, it's, a, it's a page long. I mean, I take loads of supplements and I, I do the infrared sauna and I do movement and I, um, I do all the things that make me feel alive and give me purpose. So yeah, there's a lot you can do. And then also get the support you need. Ask for help. Ask for help. If you need, excuse me, if you need a meal roster, ask for it. If you need a lift to your appointments, ask for that. If you need to find an energetic healer, if you need to find a Reiki massage person, whatever it is, ask. People want to help. They really, really do. Um, So tap into that, I would say um what else do we do so that that is like the first sort of four or five weeks oh the most important thing i would say is that um i spoke about it connecting to joy but giving yourself purpose if you don't have a purpose in life then why are you living you know what is your purpose so up until a certain point speaking as a mother your purpose might have been to see your children graduate, to see them succeed. But maybe is that the key purpose or is there something else you could be doing with your, with your life that really lights that, that flame inside you? Because if you just live appointment to appointment, you are just going through the motions, it's not enough. You need to have something on the horizon, something that you're aiming at that fills you with a desire to get there. So that's very important, having that purpose and getting clearer about it. And I think for me, I found my purpose in doing cancer partnering. I want to share what I what I know now. Um, and then finding joy in every okay. single day, even if you're sitting with a chemo drip in your arm, find joy. Joy is the quickest way to transcend pain, to connect to spirit, whatever your belief system is. So whatever brings you joy, do that and do more of it and fill every day with as many little pockets of joy as you possibly can. Um, For me, one of those those pockets of joy turned out to be doing dawn swims. I live near the coast or on the coast, so I've got access to beautiful tidal pools. And to see a sunrise mm. come up across the slurry ocean, and then to get into that ocean throughout the year, and it's flipping cold in winter, <laughs> yeah. um, has so many benefits. Yeah. So many benefits. So, um, so find your joy, whatever it is. Sunrises, sunsets, nature is often part of that joy. Loved ones, and just do more of that. Um, you deserve it. And and again play the cancer card so so that's really part of of this 10 week program that we're putting together and and i think part of that is really for people to share their stories that's such a wealth of connection and then also to give themselves permission Um, because i think there is some weird element of shame around cancer and around dread diseases that one feels a kind of a like I stuffed up, you know, I didn't get it right. I shouldn't have done this list or I should have done more of that list or you've got to let go of that. If you're going to work towards healing, you've got to let go of that and just work with what is now. And how can I, how can I move forward? I guess.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, a Quick question. A quick, quick question. I love it. I love it. I, I think it's very comprehensive. Uh, Will it be an online program or are you going to do offline groups? Are you Are going to do it online as well?
0: It's, it's going to be uh, probably via Zoom. Okay. Uh, we just need to find it. We'll find, depending on how many people register and, and, um, uh, and sign up, then we'll find a time zone that fits everybody.
1: Awesome. Coming back to, your, to the business side of this, this is now the, the client side, but the business side, the back end of it. As you think about the future of yeah. this of this business that you've started here, what are you most excited about?
0: I'm most excited about um, the possibilities of, of these the circles because this will be the first one that we'll be running. Um, I've done more individual cancer partnering up and now. So I'm, so I'm most excited about the possibility that we'll be able to get more people signed up. Um, to support them through their cancer journey so we can start spreading the word. And what we're also hoping for is to possibly license this program um, to to try and get more practitioners out there to to spread the news. So we'll see how this goes and then we will start running more sessions and then we might license it. Um, Also, I'm working with another coach who is in um, systems relationship intelligence work so it's systems work within the coaching world which I'm currently studying as well so we're looking at trying to get into the actual you speak about a back end but the actual like a front end of the oncology world which is the the actual medicine world the big pharma and trying to change the dialogue there so the dialogue currently as a as a patient, although I never, ever think of myself as a patient, I think of myself as a client, Um, from from the patient's point of view and from the doctor's point of view, that the dialogue is very much, the doc, as a doctor, I can heal you, but then you must do what I tell you to do. Sort of leave your adultness at the door, please, if you wouldn't mind, and then I'll tell you what to do, and then you go away and do that. And I think that dialogue is very old fashioned. I mean, maybe in the 1970s, that was a thing, but not now. So we need to work to to encourage doctors and uh, that world to embrace what the clients bring, to acknowledge that what clients do when they step through the door is they're already engaged, right? They've already Googled um, their their Illness, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already spoken to their network. They're already doing their research. So why not embrace that? So, so I'm working with another partner to try and start having those kind of workshops in in house, as it were, mm-hmm. and try and open up the idea that your patient, stroke client, has a, a richness to contribute to this, and also, mm-hmm. ultimately, they're the only ones that can heal themselves. Yeah. So why not bring that into the dialogue? So that's, that's part of the, the business. So there's those two angles that I'm working on currently.
1: It sounds exciting. It really sounds super exciting. Your favorite quote is, and I'm going to read it. Tell me, where will your wild one and precious life take you by Mary Oliver? Tell me more about that.
0: So um, Mary Oliver, very famous American poet has unfortunately passed on now. Um, She found her wisdom through nature. And I believe in that too, that when you need to go to that place, which is that inner place, that you go to a tree, that you go to the ocean, that you look at the sunset, that you sit at the bottom of your garden. That's where I believe true connection to inner and outer comes that for me is my spiritual home. So what I love about that quote, and my eldest son turned 21. And um, for his birthday, I, I'm, I managed to find a, a manufacturer made a metal map of the world flat. Mm-hmm. And then with that quote at the bottom, so that, you know, he can, uh, he can just track where his life is taking him. But I, what I love about that quote is, you only have one wild and precious life. And what are you going to do with it? And now at this stage in my life, I feel that more than I ever have before. So yes, you might have cancer. Yes, you might have another dread disease. Yes, life might not have worked out the way that you wanted to, but it's all a journey, right? It's all an adventure and it's still wild and it's still ultimately incredibly precious.
1: Thank you for that. I want to wrap up here. You have a you have a 360-degree wellness assessment too. Yes. So I think you must you must drop me a link there and we can include that in our show notes so that our, so that our listeners can can reach out to you if they want to learn a little bit more about that. And on social media, do you have a favorite hangout place? Where can our listeners get in contact with you?
0: Well, they can find me on Instagram, Alison Faraday, the Thrivalist.
1: Ah, And I love that. Yeah. yeah. Anything? Yeah,
0: and I'm also on Facebook as well.
1: Okay, cool. We'll we'll share those links as well. Alison, thank you so much for sharing your passion uh, and, and your wisdom. And there were so many pools of wisdom in this episode. Thank you for sharing that with us. I wish you only the very, very best And may your business grow and prosper beyond your wildest dreams.
0: Thank you so much, Didi. It was an honor being part of the Badasspreneurs uh, podcast. Thank you. Uh,
1: There you have it, our Badasspreneurs. Another Badass episode packed with information to help you build your own wildly successful high-impact coaching business. Get Alison's 360-degree wellness assessment tool and connect with her on Instagram. All the links on today's show notes page Just hop on over, start badassing your coaching business. And whilst you're there, check out all the other episodes and all the other resources. Be blessed, and I'll see you in the next episode with another badass coaching business expert. If you like what you've heard on this podcast episode, please be a badass and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And whilst you're there, please leave me a five-star rating and a review very much appreciate it.